Welcome to the Straight Sounds World Cup podcast. We are done with the round of 16 and now we are left with eight teams for the quarterfinals. It's Uruguay, France, Brazil versus Belgium, Sweden versus England and Russia versus Croatia. I'm your host Jonathan Roberts and I'm joined by SD Sports correspondent Shamir Osman and head of podcasting and the world's worst impressionist Ernest Lewis. Hello boys. All right, let's get it on. That's a lot of energy for Wow, I think Ernest is devolving. Uh... Seeing as we've just come out of that last match, uh, England managed to get through. I've been so good at holding my breath uh, over extra time and penalties, I think I can start free diving. Shimir, what did you think of the game? I thought Colombia were absolutely disgraceful. The, the way they approached the game, the way they were storming the referee at every single decision that he was making, that didn't go their way, obviously. And they were like a bunch of children. I don't want to sound biased, but it's almost as though they didn't want to win. They just wanted to stop England. Now, this is kind of how I saw it. It seemed as though they were not playing against this England team, but they were playing against England. England, they're playing against the jersey. It's, they remembered everything that England have done in the past. And all you want to do is, OK, let's, let's not mess up. Let's, let's make sure this team doesn't do well. well it was like that. Maybe you should have reminded Colombia that England haven't won that much <laughs> in the last six tournaments. <laughs> well... On another level, I'm kind of disappointed that England are just going through on penalties. It seems that they're scoring a lot more on penalties than open play. And being a traditionalist, it feels like they're just getting through based on the failings of their opponents rather than of the skill that they clearly have. Well, Rob, I think uh, uh, it gets the job done. A goal is a goal whether you score it off a, a brilliant left foot curler or it comes off your backside. I right? know, maybe it's a bit of a schoolboy fantasy to... <laughs> Huge amount of goals from a brilliant open play. But, but look, look at Japan, for instance. When In the 3-2 loss to Belgium, they, they played really well, scored two great goals, conceded two, could have won it near the end, or could have kept, just kept the shape, keep the ball, and take mm-hmm. it a bit further. Or, or no, they, don't, they, they wanted to go for it, wanted to win, right? And do it nice, and then they got smacked. Yeah, they could have been a lot more cynical, uh, Japan. You know, obviously mm. a lot of people felt they could have been a lot more cyn- cynical. But I thought what's good about England is that it's a good test. Because England's uh, problem in the past decade or so, or more than two decades, has been temperament. Focus, uh, under pressure. Yesterday, I thought they showed a lot of that focus, uh, under pressure, and they didn't wilt. In fact, they were almost like the Germany of old. I think it would Dare be I say far that? that. Dare I say <laughs> that? <laughs> Which Germany of old? The 2006 Germany? Or the no, previous the previous Germany. Oh, the dull Germany. The ones that Fine. we didn't like. <laughs> but I thought they were reacting a little bit too much yeah. to some of the shenanigans from yeah. the Colombian team. Yeah. What with Jordan Henderson getting a yellow card for that? Why, why would you do that? So what do England need to do next? They're going to face Sweden. What do they need to do? Aside from just make sure that Jordan Pickford is totally well-rested. <laughs> I, th- I think it's just same old. Sweden aren't fantastic. They're dull. If, if you've caught a couple of their games, they're dull. They're nice and tight at the back, with um, their captain, Granqvist, being quite superb this World Cup so far, I think. They got lucky with that goal to, to, get, to get past Switzerland, that 1-0 deflected goal from mm-hmm. Forsberg. It's uh, unspectacular. So do what you do. Work the ball out wide, swing the ball into the box and see what Kane and um, maybe Rashford can, can do with it. Yeah, Sweden well, was surprisingly vulnerable when the ball was swung in from right. the corners, from the wings and all that. So the wing-backs and the midfielders. <laughs> Irresistible force versus the immovable object of dullness. 
I don't know. I think each other out? Yeah, I'm not sure because England is very popular in Singapore, you know, among many fans. You know, I used to say because I don't really like England at international level. I don't really support Ooh, them, but get you. <laughs> yeah. So I always say pace yourself, don't watch the England games. In fact, I think the the the, the less amount the less the amount of pressure on them, you know, this time round, they've actually risen to the occasion. So I'm still thinking they could pip Sweden could. and they, uh, they could. Could. They should. They should. <laughs> and they will reach the semi-final, what, for the first time since... 1990. 1990. Yeah. Let's just go through another couple of matches that were coming up. Uruguay-France. What do you think, I like the I like the look of that. Uruguay, well, numbers-wise, they've got the best defences in the entire World Cup, conceding just one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Diego Godin has looked good. And uh, partnering Jimenez in the centre of defence. France have got so much speed. So much speed, and I think that's going to be a massive factor at this World France Cup. appear to have been the dark horses of this thing. They seem to have just snuck into these quarterfinals without, oh, hello, France is still here. And the, 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 they seem to be holding back almost. I, I think they haven't got into gear, is what it is. <laughs> that, seriously, that's just what it is. Some teams take time to grow into it. Uh, Brazil are another one of these starting to kick into gear, but with France... With the amount of talent that they have, especially in that front line, Mbappe, Griezmann, they've got Dembele out. Well, hasn't come in very much right now, right? Um, Giroud is Giroud is to give you that height and power. There is so much pace, and Kante right behind these guys to clean up, so to release Pogba to play. Seriously, there is the speed. Yeah. I think is what will make the key difference. They're going to walk over Uruguay. Do you think? I I don't think they will. They'll catch them on transitions probably, just like how that that first goal against Argentina, that Mbappe just ran right through. Two or three strides, and he was right through. There was, yeah. You couldn't stop him. It was like Owen against Argentina. In uh, yeah, you know, I mean they were Euro sixteen finalists, so not exactly dark horses. But I think it's the way they started the tournament mm. a bit slow, second gear. Like you said, they seem to be holding a lot in reserve. In fact, I think they are like third, switching to fourth gear now. And this, as Shamir said, they are capable of stepping it up. Well, if you want to feel old, and you mentioned the Michael Owen thing. Of course, Mbappe wasn't even born when Michael Owen was doing That's that. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cold hand of death grabs onto my heart. Ernest, what do you think about Brazil versus Belgium? Uh, Brazil, Belgium is interesting. I'm really looking forward to... I, first of all, Neymar, is, has, as I said, has been irritating for me. He actually does... He did so well in the last game. I don't know why he had to do all the histrionics. Uh, at, but having said that, he does make sure they do have that kind of creativity you know he seems to be trying to use his role to sort of uh, get the best out of the teammates and grow the confidence belgium though i mean that's interesting i mean the way they came back against japan they used to, I, I used to feel that they didn't have that temperament in euro 16 i agree with yeah. that actually they, they yeah. haven't shown it at all almost mm. but, but with japan right they looked solid when they came back they mm. weren't flapped they weren't flustered at all yeah. so who's your pick then well, I still want to see a Croatia-Belgium final, but I'm not sure whether I'll get to see that. <laughs> I think when Neymar scored in the last match, uh, I was just... It, one of those dawning realisations yeah. that you just think, oh, it's going to be Brazil in a final yeah. again, isn't it? It just had that sort of, like, yeah, they've squandered chances all over the place, but yeah, they're just uh, going to kick into I like to see Belgium it. win, beat Brazil, you know, but if Gabriel Jesus scores, who knows? That might change. It could be like the Mbappe effect. It's true. Mm. But I, I really do fancy Belgium a little bit this time around. Mm. I think they can play many different ways. 
they've got speed on the transition. Brazil have that too, yes. But in in Kevin De Bruyne, who prods from the back, and you've got Hazard causing problems, and Lukaku up front with that brute strength, that that creates a very interesting balance, right. I feel. And and yeah. on the break, Brazil are going to get caught because their their wing backs push up, right? Especially Marcelo and Fagner on the other side. These guys like yeah. to come forward a bit. So that diagonal ball across to the wings is, I think, where Brazil are going to get hurt. Okay, and let's get to the other one, the crunch match, Russia versus Croatia. It always seems that the home teams seem to do well in the World Cup. Uh, Russia, no exception there. Who do you fancy out of that one, Shamir? See, these Russians can defend. We, we saw that in the last game, 5-3-2 they played against Spain and they basically neutralized this this dream of utopian football, right? We'll pass a move, <laughs> we'll dance around the entire team and then we'll tap into an open goal like Arsenal always try to do as well. Yeah. But they've shown that if you sit, you're nice and tight and you're disciplined with your space, you can completely neutralize this. It's not an art form, not like what Juventus and Italy teams have done in the past, but not great to watch. And they can kind of score. When they go on the break, they got free kicks. They're, they're dangerous in the box. I don't like to watch that, but I I am not sure if if Modric and Rakitic can can break down this defense if Russia play the same way. Yeah, yeah. actually, Russia seemed capable of uh, playing more attacking football. I'm surprised they did that in the previous game, but it worked for them. It's a very risky uh, strategy to keep going into every game, as you said, to try and do it, win it by penalty shootouts. Because at some point, the confidence is going to play on your mind and you'll start to have doubts and all. When you do get to a certain stage, the amount of expectation it does have an effect on the home team, actually. Especially when you step yes. up to take that last penalty, right? Yeah. To, but to send your I'm not sure whether they're even feeling it now, but it could come into play at this stage, quarterfinals, but it'll be more if they reach the semifinals. So I'm not sure. This Russia. This Russia. This you, Russia. You sound like someone's old mother. <laughs> <laughs> this Russia. Ugh. You don't want me to do the accents, right? No, okay. please don't. Well, speaking of Russia, David Lee is over there. He's our man in Russia. And he has been sending back these audio postcards. And here is his latest one. David, over to you. Privet from Moscow. So in a blink of an eye, 56 games are over. And we are down to our last eight matches for this World Cup. So I just put my head in the hands of a Russian barber and I've lived to tell the tale. For 500 rubles or roughly 11 Singapore dollars, it was one of the best experiences I had. Without a word being spoken, it was efficient, there were no cock-ups and I got what I wanted, which was a simple haircut. Pretty much like how this World Cup has been, even though there was so much skepticism before a ball had been kicked here in Russia. So far Russia has not ceased to surprise. Right from day one when I found out in my hotel room that their switches and heaters work the opposite way that I'm used to. Flick the top part of the switch if you want to turn the lights on and turn the tap to the left for cold water. Had to find that out the hot way. It's not just that. From Kaliningrad to Kazan, Sochi to Samara, the locals have been so friendly. I've seen young Russians giving up their seats to the elderly and men built like tanks who are probably fighters from the way their face and knuckles are scraped. Hold the train doors open for others. They may look stern, but smile and most will smile back. 
In fact, the only violent scenes I've witnessed here are the doors of the trains that slam shut with no mercy and those at the metro stations that could do with some dampening as I saw one swing at pace right into a kid's face. That was painful. On the pitch, it was not so painful. We've been treated to some delightful games. We're down to our last eight now. I've been blessed to witness some of the best games so far in this competition. Portugal and Spain's 3-all draw in Sochi during the group stages was one of them. France beating Argentina 4-3 in a round of 16 in Kazan was another. But the one I'll probably remember most was when Russia beat Spain on penalties to make it to the quarterfinals. And no, it was not because I managed to score a wifi with crop top hottest fan Natalia and I've seen many here who are beautiful. At least that is one positive stereotype they have lived up to. Well, back to the Spain-Russia match. It wasn't even a pretty game and it was hard for me to fully appreciate all the emotions with a super tight deadline to file my match report as the game went to a shootout. But the performance, the result, characterised just what the Russian spirit is about. Diligence, discipline and defiance. Even the volunteers, who have been uptight about the written press taking pictures and videos in the stadium, they let loose and took some of their own pictures, pictures and, and videos as well. Yes, the Russians know how to relax. And so should the rest of us. So surely they can't host a trouble-free World Cup. Surely they can't make it past the group stages. Surely they can't beat Spain. Well, Russia have done all that now. Surely they can't go on and win the World Cup? Or can they? Well, it's the business end of the competition now. Hold on tight and enjoy the ride. That's with them. Spasiba, David. And now as we get into the second half, this World Cup has thrown up a few villains. The Colombian team, of course. Neymar's play acting. Well, I suppose Ronaldo's play acting as well. Let's have a look at the classic villains. Shimea, who's your all-time World Cup villain? I would say it's the Dutch team at the 2010 World Cup final. It's not just one person. It was all of them almost. It was it was Mark van Bommel. <laughs> it was Nigel de Jong with that studs-up challenge into Xabi Alonso's chest. It was disgraceful. And this is a Dutch team that can play football, but they were out there just to kick lumps out of Spain and hopefully prevent them from playing that tiki-taka football. Well, I remember my headline at the time. It was Bad Men and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Mine, mine was uh, Harald Schumacher. I used to hate the West German team of the early 80s because I used to like that French team then. Really like them. So they came up against the West Germans and Harald Schumacher, what he did to Patrick Batista. Well, this was the semi-final, was wasn't it? Yeah, that the was semi-final terrible. semi-final of the 82... Is in Spain, right? That was full-on kung fu kick into the face, and oh, there was, yeah, there was, that was it's bad. horrific to see. It. But in those days, you could get away yeah. with a lot of things, you know. Yeah, but not that. If oh, you obviously. if you watch it, he well, Batista is going ahead, and Schumacher just aims flyingly for his head. I mean, if you take it's a bit comic, isn't it? I mean, it's. I mean, we <laughs> were going on about that at school. I remember, and then of course the teacher was whacking us on our knuckles with her, her ruler because we were making too much noise about World Cup matches and all that but you know what an influence she had <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for me it's, it's still uh, well obviously being from England it's still Maradona then this hand of God in the 86 uh, quarterfinal yeah it's uh, shocking well it, it was bad then and it, even then there was TV replays you could see that he touched the ball the Tunisian ref didn't see it. He let it go. 
that it's taken 30, hang on, what's the master? 32 years to get VAR at a World Cup is equally villainous. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know about that though. You're saying that because you're English, right? But when you're playing a game, you do everything you can to win. There was Luis Suarez. Oh, we've with had this argument the ball before. on the line. And then laughing about it, celebrating when, when Ghana missed the penalty. Well, just because you do everything to win, there should be things in place to stop you doing that. Okay, it's still against the wor- rules, right? I accept that. I accept that. Except as if you're a player, you will carry on doing it. Like Neymar with his dives <laughs> and the rolls. Clearly, and because they're not getting caught, which is why they need something in place now to stop them doing so this. So what we need is Brazil to reach the final and win the World Cup with Neymar rolling over and then <laughs> winning something dodgy, right? If he can manage to get the ball in the goal whilst yeah. rolling over. Yeah. And Using his hands? Who knows? Yeah. But if okay. the ball goes in and the ref says, actually, what does he do then? Does he give it as a penalty? <laughs> does he give it as a goal? And it, should it be that crucial one? Then he'll be our new And they'll say, no, we'll have a penalty. And I say, no, 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 it's cancelled as a goal, doesn't it? <laughs> no, 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 penalty, you went down. So what if an Englishman did it? Harry oh, Kane. perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course it's not. It's, you, you don't want to win that way. Yeah. Really? You think so? Yeah. I mean, I, I come back to this whole Japan thing Kay. again. In the, in the 1-0 loss to Poland, everyone was giving them stick for the way they played. And then everyone's saying, oh, you guys were too naive against Belgium. I mean, come on, you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't. Well, I still think it's not the way that you should win it. And when it comes to a crucial match, I mean, especially if it's in the knockout stages as well, then the rules have to be a lot more stringent. And you have to have a lot more in place. To, because if you allow a goal, let's go just go back to the handle. If you allow that goal, which was the first goal of the second half, of course, he then goes on to score the most amazing goal ever rounding all the defenders and making fools of them but if you're going to allow that goal to stand then it's demoralizing you're you're taking the wind out of people's sails and what's the point of continuing if that's allowed to stand why even continue playing i don't know i i I think the jury is out on this i i like a controversial penalty every now and then it's still quite fun i think var hasn't done very much to stop controversy it, yeah. it still keeps it going. So as long as we've known football being around, right? I mean, it really is a sport that you know that generates a lot of talking points, you know. And sometimes I don't know whether they want it to continue having some imperfections. <laughs> right? I think that that sounds like it actually. Well, yeah. before Ernest Teacher comes over and wraps us on the knuckles for talking <laughs> about this for too long, guys, thanks for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Our next podcast will be after the quarterfinals, just before the semifinals. Let's see who gets through there. In the meantime, you can go to straightslimes.com to listen to more podcasts about many different subjects, films, money, health, all the wonders of the world. You can also subscribe to us at iTunes and Google Podcasts. And until the next time you put us into your ears, hope you've enjoyed listening. Spasiba and Dos Vidania.